don't know if you love that book <laughs> or not, but I know people have mixed feelings about it. I was just um, imagining like <laughs> not that book. I was no, no, no. I was just imagining crime and punishment posters for oh, your children's oh. actually. I'm just cracking myself <laughs> up over here. Oh, that's the yeah, that probably won't be the next one. <laughs> Hey everyone, I'm Ann Bogle, and this is What Should I Read Next, episode 53. Welcome to the show that's dedicated to answering the question that plagues every reader. What should I read next? We don't get bossy on this show. What we will do here is give you the information you need to choose your next read. This is the last episode in our special five-day mini-series, What Should I Read Next for Kids and Kids at Heart, and I can't think of a better way to wrap it up. Hang tight, you'll see what I I can't wait to introduce you to today's guest. Jenny Williams is a true kindred spirit, and in a minute, you'll see why that description is so perfect for her. She illustrates beloved literary heroines for a living in her shop, Carrot Top Paper Shop, and yes, that's totally an Anne of Green Gables reference. In this episode, we talk all about why we love our heroines of literature so much and what makes for a modern heroine. It's such a fun topic, but it's also an important and timely one. Let's get to it. Jenny, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Anne. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I can't wait to talk to you today. So we first connected on Instagram because of your shop, Carrot Top Paper Shop. I'll let you speak about your own business. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is? Sure. Yes. So Carrot Top Paper Shop is a company that I started um, almost a year ago. And the idea started when my daughter, or I was pregnant with my daughter. She's 18 months old right now. Um, and I wanted to decorate her room with her nursery with some sort of literary theme, but um, I couldn't find anything that I was looking for. I couldn't find anything that matched the depth of my love for so many literary heroines and the impact that they made on me as a child and even in my adulthood. Um, there was just nothing that really captured that the meaningfulness of these classic books, um, but then also captured the kind of whimsical magicalness of childhood also. So I just decided to make my own artwork for her room and quickly discovered that a lot of other moms were looking for the same thing or were excited about the same thing. There are so many kindred spirits in the world who, who love these same books that I do. And it's just been so much fun to get to know them and connect with everybody uh, and find out that I'm not the only one who, who has these same loves. Oh my gosh, no. We are in such good company here. Yes, so I know. Let's back up. Why was it so important to you to have these inspirations from your childhood literary favorites? And we're talking about like, Anne of Green Gables and Joe March and Jane Eyre. Why was it important for you yes. to have that in your daughter's room? So I grew up reading all the time. And I just because these books, especially the books of Lucy Maud Montgomery, which um, my shop is named after Anne, um, her books just had such a huge impact on the way I saw the world. And I wanted my daughter to get some of that same perspective and uh, vision of just life. And I, I didn't want, I just didn't like the concept of having like a poster of your favorite celebrity on your wall or something <laughs> like that, that just, that really didn't inspire you in a way that something more substantial could like a literary heroine. Well, tell us more about your experience with Ellen Montgomery when you were young. When did you start reading her? 
You know, I think I discovered her. I actually watched the movie first, which I'm okay with that. I'm okay uh, with that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes that does inspire the reading of the books so, in a good way. But so I found the book shortly after watching the movie. I think I was around 12 or so. Uh, and I read Anne and just fell in love with it. And I read the whole Anne series. And then I just went on to all of Lucy Maud Montgomery's other work, especially the Emily of New Moon series was another favorite of mine. Yeah, me too. But it sounds like you're in the Anne camp forever, just nudging yeah. out Emily. Yeah, well, you know, I, Emily is a close second. I really <laughs> I really love Emily, but Anne is my first love. Have <laughs> I seen Emily in your shop? I don't have Emily in my shop. I really want her. But see, I take a poll every time I'm about to start a new collection. And um, so I have a little tally of all the heroines that people request. And Emily is pretty low on the list. But I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the day when lots of people request her because I would love to have her. I would love to have an Emily. Okay, okay. listeners, you know what to do. Yes. Okay, so when you say literary heroine, what I really do is I picture the images from Carrot Top Paper Shop, but I also think of those women of literature that I loved as a little girl or that, you know, I came to as an adult like Elizabeth Bennett or Jane Eyre that I love so much now. But as I try to define for myself, what makes a character, you know, what grants her heroine status? I had a really hard time defining it. Is that yes. something you've thought about a lot? Yeah, it is, especially in deciding which heroines go into my shop. Um, there's such, I mean, there's such a broad range to choose from uh -huh. and everybody has their opinions on which ones should be entered in oh my gosh. The, the heroine collection. <laughs> well, <laughs> so okay. I definitely had to think about it. <laughs> Take a pause and tell us what heroines are in your shop now. Who are the characters okay. from literature that you're customers. Do you call them customers? Do you just call them your kindred spirits? But I mean, that sounds a little corny, but it really is true. <laughs> I, mean, I feel like I'm really friends with everybody yeah. who's ever, you know, come in contact with my shop. <laughs> um, so this, I have seven heroines right now, and I'm about to have introduced number eight uh, at the end of this month. So I have Anne Shirley, Hermione Granger, Scout Finch, Elizabeth Bennett, Joe March, uh, let's see, Jane Eyre and Laura Ingalls Wilder was the one that was introduced this summer. That's quite a collection you have there. So what is it that unifies those characters? What gets okay. you literary heroine status? No, it's such a good question. So can I talk about a little bit of how I came to this conclusion? Because a lot of it had to do with uh, my reading as a child, um, which wasn't, I didn't read I didn't read as many classics as I would have liked to have read looking back. I read a lot of the classics more um, in my adult life, but it's excluding Anne. Anne was a huge part of my childhood. But I read a lot of um, historical fiction and just history and biographies, and my degree is actually in history. So that was uh, also an early love. And I, looking back, I just realized how important that was for me in developing my definition of who is worthy to be called a hero or a heroine in the context of history. So I like I was obsessed with um, royalty, like Elizabeth uh, the first of England, the Tudor family and Anastasia of Russia, um, mm -hmm. Catherine the Great, all of these remarkable women who did wonderful things, but who were also incredibly flawed at the same time. And I love that you can be that people are these people in particular, um, these historical figures were thrown into a role that they necessarily they didn't necessarily ask for or want, but it was their it was their calling. It was who they were supposed to be, and they could either embrace that 
or they could literally shun it by abdicating or just saying, I'm not going to do this. So, and a lot of people, I don't know, especially in that time period, you know, the, the people that Elizabeth the first was ruling might have looked at her and said, like, well, you have it easy. Um, we're out here trying to find our next meal and you are in a palace or in the castle, you know, it's mm-hmm. just, it's all about perspective and about everybody has their own battles that they have to struggle with. So all that to say that kind of made the the name heroine a little bit more realistic for me because all heroines are flawed. So it's easy to say, well, a heroine is courageous or brave or um, any number of wonderful characteristics. So in thinking about what makes a heroine heroine, um, I think what it is, is, or at least for me, is their um, ability to be honest, but not necessarily with others. That's obviously a part of it, but to be honest with yourself in your convictions um, and just to be able to confront the truth and not be afraid of it. I have a favorite quote. Can I tell you my favorite quote? Yes, for, yes, please. Um, Okay, about honesty. And this is this comes from one of my other favorite books, The Brothers Karamazov. I don't know if you <laughs> love that book or not, but I know people have mixed feelings about it. I was just um, imagining like... <laughs> not that book? I was No, no, no. I was just imagining crime and punishment posters for oh, your children's oh. nursery. I'm just cracking myself <laughs> up over here. Oh, that's the yeah, That probably won't be the next one. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, no, but the quote from The Brothers Karamazov, I came across this later on and it just kind of, it really um, sunk in with me and I just haven't been able to forget it. So here's the quote. Above all, don't lie to yourself. The man who lies to himself and listens to his own lie comes to a point that he cannot distinguish the truth within him or around him, and so loses all respect for himself and for others. And having no respect, he ceases to love. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. And it is totally not the direction I expected you to go when I asked the question. I I really love it. I mean, it's a deeper question than, I mean, you really have to put a lot of thought into it if you're going to name someone a heroine. But I feel like, I and I think what's so endearing about so many of these heroines in my shop is that, you know, like Scout Finch, incredibly honest, and she's a child. So that's maybe comes a little bit more naturally to her. Um, but Jane Eyre was very honest in that she had to live true to her convictions, which as a reader, for those who have read Jane Eyre, you know, I won't give any spoilers, but she has to make a tough decision that you, even in the reader is thinking like, do you really have to do that? We, we sympathize with her. Like, it's mm-hmm. okay if you don't, like, we'll understand if you don't pick the right path here. And she still does the right thing. So I think with that honesty comes uh, vulnerability and you have to be vulnerable in order to fully love also. So especially with Anne, it always comes back to Anne, surely. <laughs> um, <laughs> she, that's part of the reason why she is so likable is that she wears her heart on her sleeve and she has such unbridled passion and excitement for the beauty of the world. Um, and just such an honest, refreshing way that I think we lose a lot as we get older. Tell me more about that. Well, just because I think as we get older, it's just our natural instinct to protect ourselves. And we're not as free, for whatever reason, to just be who we are. Um, And I think that's just a natural part of growing up and seeing more of the world and realizing that it's not as perfect as maybe you once envisioned. Um, 
and that hopefulness and um, yeah, just passion sometimes can be tamed just because of whatever life circumstances you happen to be going through. And I think a lot of children's literature is wonderful in that way and that it brings you back to those childhood feelings of remembering how you used to see the world and incorporating that into how you see your, the world as an adult, because you still can see the world that way. It's just a little bit harder. Mm -hmm. How we lose it when we get older. I was I, reading a blog comment last week, and there's a lot of philosophy sometimes in the blog comments, which you might not expect. There it mm -hmm. is. A reader was saying that when she was young, she knew exactly what kind of book she wanted to read, and she read them. And now that she's older, 20 years later, she's kind of she doesn't know what she likes anymore. She's too influenced by other people and just doesn't, doesn't firmly know what she mm -hmm. loves in the same way she did when she was eight or 12 or even 15. I, I thought love that was really that. interesting. Yes. That, and that's so true because I even find I go too long without reading the things that I love, you know, the things from my, I, I don't read history as much as I used to. And I think that's because I do, there's part of me that feels like, oh, I need to read this book that everyone's talking about. And usually I love that book and I'm glad I did. But yeah, there's definitely something to that, that reading the books that um, maybe aren't popular that nobody else loves just because you love them is so important to do. Yeah, I love that. So besides Anne, what other books helped shape your identity when you were young? Let's see. I read I read all the Laura Ingalls Wilder books. I loved those. That more, that more just shaped uh, I think my creativity and um, just my imagination. I think mm -hmm. that really captures my imagination. Uh, but I read The Secret Garden, um, A Little Princess, all those books that just bring I don't know that just make the world seem like a magical place and mm -hmm. make you want to go exploring and yeah they just open up your imagination in a way that is so wonderful during that time of childhood. What do you like to read now? Well, I still reread the Anne series all the time. I still, it's funny. I feel like something is missing from my life. If I go too long without reading <laughs> <Ethel> Montgomery, <laughs> or I just feel like the world kind of has lost a little bit of its beauty. And I, I, I never know why that's always the funny part. I always think like what's missing from my life. And then I'll start reading one of those books and just think, oh yeah, this is, <laughs> it's such a part of me. Like you, mm -hmm. like the blog comment, like your reader was saying, I mean, that's the books that shape you and the books that really call out to you are the ones that you need to read and reread. Mm -hmm. Um, but let's see, what else do I read? Uh, I just finished a trilogy that I had never heard of before, but my sister-in-law recommended it to me and I loved it. And you have to tell me if you've heard of it. It's Kristen Lovren's daughter. Do you know, are you familiar with that? I am, but you know what? I start. I think I started reading Christian Lovren's Daughter at the wrong time because I've only read about a hundred pages of it. I was okay. also trying to read it on Kindle, which I think was not the right oh. format. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah, yeah. I can't read long books on Kindle, but it's definitely worth another try. That's another one that's just well, yeah. It just captures. <laughs> I mean, what what can you say about that? It's a thousand pages long. Um, well, I yeah. appreciate the nudge because I do want to read it one day. Okay. Yeah. Here's what I want to know. Okay. Can you articulate what, what it is about these characters that they have such a pull over us, both when we're kids and like when we're grownups, we still, they still have such a hold on us. Why is that? What is it about them? I know. Uh, you know, I think it kind of goes back to that honesty that we feel that we struggle with as adults. Maybe I just, I just feel like so many of these characters are who 
we want to be, um, or maybe they are a part of who we are already, and they just help reassure us or reaffirm the values that we really believe at the core. When you push away all outside influences, um, it's just maybe who we're naturally drawn to, who we want to be more like. I really like that. Okay, so thinking about your collection of heroines, most are older, like from the classics. They've been around a long time, and you were referencing history, which is so interesting. So these characters have staying power. It's very obvious. Yes. But Hermione is a recent addition, you know, only in the last 20 years, but she feels like such a perfect fit. That's a great question. What is it about Hermione that makes her, yeah, that includes her in the classics? Um, I... Well, she also has, I mean, she has the same qualities for sure. And she's that smart, level-headed girl that I think we all want to be. Um, But she's not perfect. And she also has that level of vulnerability. I think it's entirely possible that in 100 years, we'll be talking about the Harry Potter, the classic, the classic Harry Potter series. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Well, and part of the reason why, um, yeah, why the Harry Potter series is so amazing is that um, J.K. Rowling, the author, she, I mean, she had a degree, right, in the classics. She was very familiar with um, very timeless stories, Greek mythology, all those stories that do have staying power. And a lot of her stories um, are reflective of that, or those were just major influences. So I think a lot of us aren't familiar with those stories. Um, maybe we didn't grow up with them or study them in college, but um, we resonate with them just like everybody else has resonated with the stories that were influenced, that influenced Harry Potter, you know, for many, many centuries. So even though we haven't, we aren't as familiar with those stories, I think the elements of those characters and especially Hermione just really connect with us because there is a deeper background, I guess, behind those stories and behind those characters. Mm -hmm. What are the books you can't wait to read with your own daughter? Uh, Well, I mean, I hate, I I, I mean, you're going to, of course, Anne of Green Gables. And, but that's the most obvious thing. Um, I really, so I read Heidi actually recently for the first time. Uh Uh, Me me too. I just read it last year for the first time. (laughs) Yeah, it's a great book for an adult. Um, But that's one that I really look forward to reading with her. Um, You know, the other classic Little Women, all of the Jane Austen, of course. Um, Yeah, all of all of the Ellen Montgomery books. And yeah, there are so many. And um, To Kill a Mockingbird. Man, yeah, the list goes on and on. Mm-hmm. Now for the adult end of the spectrum. If your customers come to you and say, Jenny, I love your work. I love your characters. I love these women. What should I read based on that? What are your crowd-pleasing recommendations? Ooh. You know, that's a funny question because I actually feel like I get more book recommendations from my customers. <laughs> I definitely feel like it's the other way around. <laughs> I have a list going when someone recommends like, oh, can you do this heroine that I've never heard of? And I'll uh-huh. put that one on my list. But as far as re- books that I would recommend, if they're looking for children's books, I would definitely say uh, the work of George MacDonald, uh, The Princess and the Goblin. He was a big influence on C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. Um, I love his work. Also, also surprisingly, Oscar Wilde has some really, really good children's um, short stories. Have you read his work for kids? 
No, I didn't know he'd written work for kids. Yes, yes, he has. And I, I can't remember what it's called, but it's just if you just look up his, his children's short stories, um, they're, they're fairy tales, really. Um, but they're so beautiful and surprising. And gosh, there's a lot more meaning in them um, when you read them as an adult, too. Mm-hmm. So I definitely yeah, highly recommend those. Excellent. What about for grownups? Um, I'm afraid to say adult because of what happens when you Google adult literature, but you <laughs> you get what I mean. That's true. For adults, um, well, I, I actually always, I really encourage adults to read children's literature. I think it's very healthy. Um, but if they're actually looking for something a little more grown up, um, I would I would recommend, well, you know, Kristen Lovren's daughter is not a crowd pleaser. Um, <laughs> but if you're looking for something deep, um, and different. I love, I love Dostoevsky's work. I mean, I haven't read Crime and Punishment actually, but, um, the brothers Karamazov, um, I love Till We Have Faces by C.S. Lewis. Okay. If you're looking for a book about, um, a heroine, maybe, uh, I actually just recently read a book called, what's it called? The Prize Winner of Defiance, Ohio. Have you heard of that book or read it? I have heard of it, but I have never come in close contact with it. Okay. That's a really good one. And uh, also like the glass castle, like books. I love mm-hmm. memoirs that are about women who have struggled or have been through really difficult situations mm-hmm. and come out the other side, a stronger person, mm-hmm. especially if they never foresee their book, their, their lives, if they never foresee their lives becoming um, a book later on, which most of us don't think about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like in the prize winner of defiance, I love that the, the, the heroine of that book is a mom struggling with an alcoholic husband and a huge family that um, they don't have enough money to pay the bills for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so rather than um, becoming depressed in that situation, which I think a lot of us would tend to be, um, she goes to her love of writing um, rhymes and jingles and sends them out to uh, win contests. This was in the 50s in America. So um, but I love that. I love those inspiring stories of women who don't look heroic on the surface. But when you look at what they what they've been dealt with and how they handle it, um, they really are truly remarkable people. That's not what I expect you to say. But now I'm so curious to go look it up. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You'll have to read it. OK. In your own shop, who is your favorite heroine? Oh, I think I know the answer. I know. But... <laughs> I just feel like a broken record here. I mean, Anne Shirley, that's, yeah, that's who I named my shop after. But mm-hmm. okay, maybe aside from Anne, I would probably say Jane Eyre. I have a great love for Jane Eyre as well. I like it. I think she's worth it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Jenny, thanks so much for coming to talk with us today. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. It was my pleasure. Hey, readers, I hope you enjoyed today's conversation with Jenny. You can head over to the podcast site for the full list of titles we talked about today. That page is at whatshouldireadnextpodcast.com slash 53. I'll also share links to find Jenny's shop because if you enjoyed today's conversation the tiniest bit, you're going to want to check them out. Jenny's Instagram is at Carrot Top Paper Shop. I'll also share photos on the podcast Instagram. Follow us at whatshouldireadnext for that. I hope you enjoyed this week's special mini series, What Should I Read Next for Kids and Kids at Heart. If you did, would you please pop over to iTunes and leave us a rating or better yet, a review? We appreciate those so very much. Thank you for them. We'll be back next Tuesday with our next regular episode, and it's going to be a good one. The theme is what should I listen to next? To make sure you don't miss out on this or any future episodes, go to whatshouldireadnextpodcast.com slash iTunes and hit subscribe or subscribe in your favorite podcast app. 
Readers, that's it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. And as Reiner Maria Rilke said, ah, how good it is to be among people who are reading. Happy reading, everyone.